Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Welcome back to Set for Life. It is the Feast of Tabernacles right now. And how many of you know that Messiah Jesus is a Jew? (laughs) A lot of people don't know that, that he is Jewish. And so everybody, I want you to say after me, say Hag Sameach, Hag Sameach. And I probably didn't do my Hebrew best on it because I don't really know Hebrew. I know hallelujah. But uh, Hag Sameach means happy holidays. And that's what the Jews are saying right now during this time of the Feast of Tabernacles. And so. Monday, I'm going to be, uh, Monday evening, which it is right now when I'm recording this, I'm going to be building a sukkah. What is a sukkah? You'll find out. I'm going to be building it for the Feast of Tabernacles. But real quick, what is the Feast of Tabernacles? You know, most Christians don't know. They don't even know what it is. Well, if you don't know what the Feast of Tabernacles is, then I'm very glad you're here because you're going to find out today on Set for Life. Have you ever lost something and then looked all over the place trying to find it again? I lost my car keys one time. I looked all over the house and to discover I had them in my hand. (laughs) I really didn't lose the keys. They weren't far away. I had them the whole time. I just didn't know. I had to discover, oh, it's in my hand. Wow, I had it the whole time. Well, in the story today, we're going to learn that the Jews, they had lost the Feast of Tabernacles, but they really had it the whole time. The Lord was always with them. They just had to rediscover it again. But we're going to find out what this is all about. The Feast of Tabernacles, also known as Sukkot, which is going on right now in uh, uh, September the 20th. It begins September 20th, and it runs through seven days from there uh, during 2021. Let me start off with where this hinges from in John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. Verse 14 And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Friends, that word dwelt or dwelled, as we would say it today, there in verse 14, that is the word tabernacle. The Word became flesh, and you could say tabernacled among us. So do y'all remember reading about the tabernacle in the Old Testament during Moses' time? And it was all on through David's time as well. That was called the tabernacle. is the the place where God dwelled with man. The tabernacle would have also been known as the dwelling. They may have called it the dwelling because that's where the Lord dwelled with man upon the Ark of the Covenant there in the center in the Holy of Holies. But by the time you get to the book of John, the Word became a flesh human being. That was Jesus Christ. That was God dwelling with us. Look in Matthew one twenty three. It says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, 
which is translated God with us. So you can see how important the word tabernacle is to dwell because the Lord wants to dwell with us. Did you know that the Lord wants to dwell with you? He cares about you that much. I had a friend who was a co-worker I'd worked with for several years. One day he came to work and said, hey, I just discovered today that the Lord is interested in me. He had lived his whole life claiming Christianity, claiming to be a follower of Jesus and didn't know that the Messiah, that the Lord God was interested in him. Well, that's why the Lord wants to dwell with us because he's interested in you. He wants to know you. He wants you to know him. And so he wants to be close to us. That's his desire. Now, I don't know about you, but just knowing that God wants to dwell with me, that's a reason to celebrate. That's why this is the Feast of Tabernacles. It's a feast. It's a celebratory time. And so God, he gave us a day to celebrate and remember him dwelling with us on a holiday called the Feast of Tabernacles, which is also known as the Feast of Booths or Sukkot. And the reason why it's called the Feast of Booths is because a booth is the same thing as a tent, a dwelling, uh, just like the original tabernacle. It was made out of a tent. And a sukkah is the Hebrew word for a tent. That is a sukkah, a booth. It is a tent. The word sukkot in Hebrew is the plural for a tent. That would be like tents or booths. The plural of a sukkah is sukkot. And so the Feast of Tabernacles, dwellings, is also known as Sukkot. You could call it Sukkot. I want to show you when I first went to Israel in 2014, that was my first time to see the Feast of Tabernacles, when I built a Sukkah with my friends in Israel. And so Sukkot is a holiday that the Lord told the Israelites to celebrate for all the provision and all the protection that he had given to them during their 40 years in the wilderness. Now, during that 40 years, they had no permanent way to build a home. You couldn't build a big, big mansion. They were nomadic. They had to move around. And so they all lived in sukkahs and they lived in, in tents, which was the way you would see it is very temporary dwellings because they were always on the move. They were not yet in the promised land. They had been liberated from Egypt, but they were always moving around. You can't set up a massive mansion and a massive uh, place to live in when you're always on the go. And so they're in the middle of nowhere. They were away from the civilization that they had become accustomed to. They were away from the infrastructure that they were accustomed to. There was no Nile River for international trade to come in and bring things to and from. There was nothing and nobody else except just Israel and their God. Just Israel and their God. That's really not a bad place to get into. Just you and God. Sometimes you got to get off to where it's just you and God, and you'll really hear from him. But, you know, they had to, in that time of the 40 years, they really had to rely solely upon the Lord who continued to dwell, to tabernacle with them in their sukkah, and and in the sukkah of the tabernacle itself, where the Lord uh, was uh, dwelled on the Ark of the Covenant. So the Lord didn't want them to forget all how he had provided for them after leaving Egypt. And so he told them in Deuteronomy 16, 13, you shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days when you have gathered from your threshing floor and from your wine press. 
and you shall rejoice in your feast, you and your son and your daughter, your male servant and your female servant, and the Levite, the stranger, and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates. Seven days you shall keep a sacred feast to the Lord, your God, in the place which the Lord chooses, because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hands, so that you surely rejoice. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God which he has given you. So this took place after the fall harvest. That's why he was talking about the threshing floor, because that's used for harvest time. And so the Israelites were to live for a week in tabernacles or booths, what we would call a tent, and they'd make these tabernacles out of branches and leaves. As verse 14 had said, you shall rejoice in this feast. Why was it commanded to rejoice? Well, because... You know, a lot of the Israelites, they did not like where they were at between Egypt and the promised land ahead. They were out there in the desert, in the wilderness. They didn't like where they were, but they wanted the comforts that came along with being in Egypt. Remember, they were complaining it would be better if we were still in Egypt. But guys, it was God's will for them to be out in the wilderness because that meant they were no longer in bondage. You know, when you're saved by Jesus, you're delivered from your bondage, you should no longer desire to go back to your bondage ever again. But while some of the people were thinking, hey, it was better for us to be back in Egypt than way out here, then yes, God had to tell them, you shall rejoice in this in this time of the Feast of Tabernacles. You should be happy about it. Don't be unhappy about where you're at. That's kind of a point here to make. Where there's a lot of people, they're not happy with where they are. They, God, why am I here? Why is this happening to me? You know, there's sometimes a good time to get alone with you and the Lord, just you and Him. And that's a good place to be. Be happy where you're at. Don't wish you were elsewhere. Now, dwelling in a sukkah, a temporary uh, structure, would show the people that this is not the way it's going to stay. This is a temporary setup. Uh, We just had a hurricane come through here. We had a tropical storm come up through the Gulf of Mexico, and it was just a tropical storm, so everybody thought, oh, that's all it is. Right before it got to the coast, it turned into a hurricane category one, and then it came and blew and thundered, and it just lots of wind, and we're like, whoa, we weren't expecting a hurricane. Now, if I had put a suka out there, if I had built my suka early, (laughs) if I'd had a tent, a temporary dwelling, that would that hurricane would have blown it clean away. It would have blown it right off because it's very temporary. It's easy to knock over. So it's since it's not going to last, the Lord is saying, this ain't going to last, but I am providing for you. Rejoice in this feast. I will get you to the promised land. Rejoice in the fact that I'm with you. Rejoice in the feast. In fact, he told the people to be appreciative. As it says in verse 16, he says, you shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. This means they were to bring a gift offering to the Lord to show that not only were they happy, but they were genuinely appreciative for all the provision that the Lord had given them after he liberated them out of bondage. You got to be happy about what the Lord's given you. Don't become unsatisfied, dissatisfied about what you have 
Be happy in that. The Lord says you need to be rejoicing in this because he has provided for them. Now, if you're thinking, okay, Ray, look, I'm a Gentile and this is a Jewish feast. This isn't for me. Good for the Jews, wonderful for the Israelites, but I'm not Jewish. What has this got to do with me? I want you to see that this feast was for Gentiles as well. When I first went to my first Passover, I felt like I was intruding upon the Jews' celebration. That I, was, I felt like I was crashing their party, like I wasn't supposed to be there because I thought, well, this is a Jewish thing. I'm not Jewish. I'm really not supposed to be here. They welcomed me. They were fine with my being there, but I had a hard time with my first Passover, my first Feast of Tabernacles, until I saw the biblical places where God gave me, the Gentile, the foreigner, he actually gave me permission to join in. So, my Gentile friends, I want you to look in verse 14. It lists those who shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles along with the Jews. See where it says, the stranger. If you're a Gentile, take your pencil or your highlighter or whatever you use and underline highlight where it says, the stranger, because Gentile friend, that's talking about you. Don't say, well, that's for the Jews. I'm not Jewish. No, this is for you too. The stranger, the foreigner the guy that was far away. The Lord God gave you provision and permission to jump into this big party, this celebration party. Thank you, Lord, for providing for us and dwelling among us sinners. It's good that God gives even us Gentiles, the foreign stranger. He gives us a place to join in. Hey, we get to join this party too. Now it says the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow who who are within your gates. Friends, I've been grafted into the Jewish people, their blessings. I'm a partaker of their spiritual things with them. And so I am spiritually within their gates. And so guess what, Gentiles? The Feast of Tabernacles is for you too. Isn't that exciting that God didn't count you out? He lets you come in and play too. (laughs) So I want to point out that this feast is a command of God. He said for us to do in verse 13, he says, you shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles. So do you think we should do this? Well, God said so. So absolutely we should do it. First of all, I want to do it. (laughs) I'm not just checking boxes. Okay, God, you said do it. Okay, there. I actually want to do this. If you've never partaken of the biblical feast and the biblical holidays that God has prescribed for us, you really should jump in and try these out and see what kind of fun it is. I guarantee you the the Festivals and the parties and things you're doing now don't hold a candle to this, any of this stuff, okay? But look at this. Leviticus 23 and 33. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day, you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a sacred assembly, and you shall do no customary work on it. These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, a burnt offering and a grain offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, everything on its day. Besides the Sabbaths of the Lord, besides your gifts, besides all your vows, and besides all your free will offerings which you give to the Lord. 
Also on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep the feast of the Lord for seven days. On the first day there shall be a Sabbath rest, and on the eighth day a Sabbath rest. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses declared to the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. Okay, so they were to take the the fruit from beautiful trees and the palm branches and rejoice before the Lord. Okay, great. Uh, Where do I get these branches and beautiful trees from? We're in the desert. (laughs) We're out in the middle of nowhere. Remember, they're not in Egypt anymore. Okay, we have to consider the fact that Israel was lost in where? In the desert. Way out in the desert, they're not in Egypt anymore. No Nile River bringing all this stuff in. It's certainly no grocery stores. This means they had to get out and go find all these leafy things that the Lord said to go get in the desert. Remember, he said, I will make your produce work. I'll make the the work of your hands work. The Lord is saying, I'm going to give this to you. He was showing them, I provide, I give to you, I give you your provision. Go get these things. So. They didn't just stick around to grow crops. They couldn't do that because they were always on the move, right? And they're plus in the middle of nowhere. They had to go out and find it. So consider you're in the middle of the hot desert and you set out to find these leafy things and bam, there it is. You found it. Would that not make you rejoice in the Lord knowing that your God said, I want you to get this stuff and he set it out there for you to find it. Would that not teach you to trust in the Lord God for his provision and his protection? You know, I find it just awesome about the Lord God that he provides for us where we thought it was impossible. That's what he's teaching them. And so lost in the desert for 40 years, but the Lord was still providing for his people. He was still good to them, even though they had sinned against him. And we Gentiles do the same as well. We sin against the Lord, and yet he still provides for us. You know, I know a lot of people, if you do them wrong just one time, they won't have anything to do with you at all. They're done. But here's God who had been rejected over and over more times than can be counted, and he still provided for his people because he always called them my people. A God who calls them my people is a God who wants to dwell with his people. Isn't that good? And so why are they supposed to keep the feast besides the fact that God said so? Verse 41, it says, because it shall be a statute forever in your generations. A statute is a law or a rule. And how long were they supposed to keep the statute? They were supposed to keep it forever. Does it have an expiration date? No, they still do it today. If you go to Israel during the Feast of Tabernacles, there are sukkahs everywhere. And why are they supposed to do this? Why is this a command? Yes, it could be fun. Yes, okay, Feast of Tabernacles, I would enjoy. But why did God say you're going to do this? You shall do this. Why was that so uh, upfront in the Lord that it be a command? Because if they did not do it, They would fall away, and their children would forget what the Lord had done for them. He wanted all the generations to remember and to not let anybody let this down 
or else all the generations would forget, and then you got a sin problem again. They're not trusting in the Lord, and it's going to do a lot of damage. So the Lord says, you need to keep this going. I'm telling you, you shall have the Feast of Tabernacles. It is also a statute to keep forever for your generations. This is going to benefit their ancestry down the line. As the Lord said, told them why in verse 43, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. See, so somebody could say, wait a minute, didn't the golden calf bring us out of Egypt? Or no, wait, wasn't it Moses? Or maybe it was the 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 spirit of the human resistance or whatever it is that people do today when they stick their fist up in the air, not open-handed like surrender, but they uh, the power of man, the power of the people, right? The Lord wanted them to remember, I am the Lord, your God. And that's why he had them to keep this, uh, this Feast of Tabernacles so that their generations would remember. Have you ever gotten so busy that you forgot that everything you have came from God? Have you ever forgotten about God himself? Have you ever gotten to the point where you forgot that everything is his and for him? And so you forgot the reason that you're alive and free is because the Lord God gave you that freedom. It's kind of the same reason why we have Memorial Day in America once a year, so that everyone can be reminded about the sacrifices that our military people have made for us so that we will not forget. But sadly, there did come a time when Israel, they got off into sin and they forgot. They forgot about the Feast of Tabernacles. And so the Lord, he had used Babylon as an instrument of judgment against them, and the Israelites were taken captive by King Nebuchadnezzar. And try to say that name, Nebuchadnezzar, tongue twister. But just as prophesied in Scripture, they were going to come back. After 70 years of exile, they were allowed to come back. And in the book of Nehemiah, if you read, when they came back and they, they came to rebuild the wall and rebuild Jerusalem back up, it says the Israelites gathered together to listen to Ezra read from the scriptures. And in Ezra, they actually found when, I'm not in Ezra, but when Ezra read the scriptures, they actually rediscovered again (laughs) that they should be celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. The Lord had been with them all the time. They rediscovered the Feast of Tabernacles. And so the Lord brought it back to their memory. Here's this feast that I want you to have. And so God was not about to let them forget. Let me show you in Nehemiah 8 and 13. Now, on the second day, the heads of the father's houses of all the people with the priests and Levites were gathered to Ezra, the scribe, in order to understand the words of the law. And they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths during the feast of the seventh month, and that they should announce and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the mountain and bring olive branches, branches of oil trees, myrtle branches, palm branches, and branches of leafy trees to make booths as it is written. Then the people went out and brought them and made themselves booths, each one on the roof of his house or in their courtyards or the courts of the house of God and in the open square of the water gate and in the open square of the gate of Ephraim. So the whole assembly of those who had returned from the captivity made booths and sat under the booths. For since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, until that day, the children of Israel had not done so.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.